USATF Georgia Association Coach of the Year, GATF XCCA Club of the Year, Georgia Middle School Coach of the Year. He sent over 30 student athletes, Division I, Division II colleges, and universities like the University of Georgia, University of Tennessee, Southern Cal, and Appalachian State, to name a few. He's produced scholars and champions on and off the field and track with a plethora of All-Americans, national champions, and national records broken. The founder of the Jack Rabbit Track Club and arguably the top youth track program in the country, Coach Andre. We got you on this platform. You know, I've seen in, in my time being in track and field, I've seen the the, the, the impact that you have on the sport. And uh, we just kind of want to just kind of just, you know, share some new things that you have up and coming for athletes um, in track and field, um, which is which is major. But we, we'll start off with kind of like a little um, background of yourself and uh um, how you got started. So you started running track at what, seven years old? I started, so actually I started running track not until middle school. Started running track in middle school. Um, it was with my middle school team. And back then it was it was dirt and grass. <laughs> the lines were drawn out. Um, but I was more, it wasn't so much where we had the 100, the 200, the 400, it was just 50 yard races and the mile, if that makes sense. So you either had to sprint or and or you ran the mile. So I remember in middle school, I was at under six minutes in the mile. Under six minutes in the mile in middle school. Um, and then we would race, you know, 50 yards back then. And then it wasn't until when I got to high school where I was into a, a more of a uh, organized uh, track and field um, program and I actually a lot of people don't know this but my freshman and sophomore year I okay. went to Paramount High School which was north of Long Beach because we lived my parents had moved in the house moved when we left right. moved from the east side of Long Beach we moved more north we were right on the borderline of North Long Beach and Paramount so it's like Paramount yeah. Compton Long Beach they all just borderline each other. So I actually went to Paramount High School my freshman and sophomore year. And my sister, who was older than me, she had broken all the girls' okay. 100 and 200 records and the sprint relay records. So she ran track, and she was at Paramount before me. So it was excited when I came aboard. The difference was when I was at Paramount, I remember my dad, my stepdad coming up to me, and he was like, he was like, Andre, I was like, yes. He was like, do you want to go to state, make it to state? And I was like, yeah, I want to go to state. And he said, the only way you're going to go to state is if you go to Long Beach Poly. We got to take you back to the east side. And that's what happened. Went to state, ended up running on that four by one in 88. And we ran the fastest time in history. Um, went 41.01. Um, that was back in 88, fastest time in Long Beach history, along with uh, Corey Sylvie, James Burton, Andre Green. And that those two years alone at Long Beach Poly, just the foundation, the development in those two years and being up under someone like Coach Don Norford really taught me a lot about the sport. Um, 
And then after I graduated from high school and kind of taking night classes at the local junior college, JUCO, and working, I started to volunteer and with the Long Beach Sprinters. And then that's when I, which was a club under USATF, a track club. And that's where I learned about coaching under Earl McCullough, Ernest McBride, just to name a few. Um, West Coast, Walker. USATF. So those are all the guys. Right. That that's that's what everybody runs. Because I still see now, like I see a lot of West Coast clubs, they still do USATF. So you didn't run AAU over there. It was just all USATF. Oh, so that's pretty much what a lot of those. Yes. And you know, it's so crazy. You yeah. said that it was the, what you said. You had fifty in the mile, right? And I'm noticing now a lot of athletes on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of your distance smoke is. Like, I mean, they got sprinters too. But like, when you hear somebody being a, a mile runner yes. or 800 runner over there, they they're real good right. on the West Coast. Is is it a is it a difference in climate that that right. changed that? What do you, or it's just a, it's just a mentality over there. Well, yeah. so I'm not obviously my I've been running my program here in Georgia, so um I'm going I am going to guess this. Yeah. Growing up, first right. of all, it's the climate. Is you can basically yeah. train year round. Okay. Right. And when you think about it, I'm just giving you an example. Like in high school, so where my high school was present was at coach would say one or two things would happen. Yeah. We would be on the track doing our standard track workout, which was dirt at the time, doing a standard track workout. Or it was after we warmed up on the track, yeah, okay, y'all, we got a beach workout today. Jog to the beach. And we jog a mile and a half, two miles to the beach. Or it would be, okay, y'all, we got hill work today. Y'all need to go jog a mile up to Signal Hill, we run an airplane hill. This hill was so steep, they called it airplane hill because yeah. it felt like you was taking off in the airplane. That's how steep it was. <laughs> so I say that I'm saying that to say that there's so the just the 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 climate, yeah. and then just the terrain that you have access to. You can drive even if you even if you weren't near the beach, you could drive 30 minutes and be at the beach and train. If you want to go run hills or go on a trail or in the mountains. All that's available for you. Yeah, so, so I, I, think I see you talk about your uh, your coaches. Does that makes sense. Um, yeah, and, and you know, and I heard a lot about your leadership with your track program you got now. We'll get into Jackrabbit, but um, what what did your coaches instill in you at a young age? Because I know you see with a lot of parents now, like it's kind of like this instant success that they want. But and I know what what did your coaches instill in you as an athlete and. <clears throat> to help mold you as a coach, to help you become Coach Andre of Jackrabbit? Well, growing up, uh, being around those guys like Harrison Walker, Earl McCullough, um, Ernest McBride, who were like the club coaches. Then you had Don Norford, uh, Coach Valentine, who were like the high school coaches. It was just one of them things where <laughs> right. it was just a culture like people don't believe this okay you had to perform like you couldn't you couldn't come out to track practice and be like oh, i don't feel like running yeah. none of none of that went down like it just didn't happen and you you knew who was before you um 
you knew the type of athletes that had laid the groundwork before you and you had to come. If you didn't perform, yeah. you heard about it, not just from your coaches, but from your teammates, not to where they teased you, but to where it was like, look here, homie, uh, when we run next Thursday, yeah. oh, your butt better come off that turn. It wasn't like they teased you like, ha ha, you got smoked. It was like, no, we in this thing. I'll never forget, we used to line up to run the, two, the 220. <laughs> and where you lined up for the 220, the backstretch lined up against Martin Luther King Boulevard. Yeah. So you had the track where lane eight was at. It was a fence, then a sidewalk. So all the gangsters used to line up on the fence and they would say, your butt better run. Yeah. <laughs> it was things like that. That's they made the on you. So, yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you yeah. was at, you, you coached in, um, how, how'd your, how'd your coaching going once you transfer, transition from an athlete to a coach? Like, what, was that a hard transition? Was it, you kind of still wanted to run or how, how was that? It came natural. I'm just going to be honest with you. It came natural. Cause when I started coaching with the Long Beach Sprinters, um, Harrison Walker, Ernest McBride, and those guys were kind of like on their way out and, it just came natural. I'm just being honest with you. Just my leadership. Um, it, you didn't have to fuss to get the kids to work. They knew they had to work. Um, the organization, everything was in place. It was just a matter of me implementing the workouts. You moved to Gwinnett County. And uh, what, what was that track scene like from going from Cali, from what you was in steady to coming to Gwinnett County? And I, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't as many track teams there now as it is now. I mean, then wasn't it now, but like, what, what was that scene like? There was no scene. <laughs> you know, I was in, I was, you know, I was in, I was in Gwinnett, this North Gwinnett County, mm -hmm. which is the Buford, Decula, Lawrenceville, Sewanee area. Um, my son and his mom, they were in, they lived in Cobb. So I was pretty much in Gwinnett by myself. Um, when I would get him on the weekends, there wasn't a lot, a whole lot for us to do because we didn't know anybody. So when he turned seven, I was like, would you like to run? He was like, sure. Because yeah. I knew at least when I had him on the weekends, I could at least put him in a track meet to run. So I started training him um, myself and I couldn't find any clubs or anything. And a couple of people saw me training him. What are you doing? Training my son. We're going to try and find some meets to run at. And then I had seven kids out there. And the rest is history. Yeah. Seven kids. So that's where Jack Rabbit come from. Seven kids. Seven kids. You know, you got one and of the larger programs in the country and we, we started from seven kids. <laughs> yes. And the thing, the thing about it, what I found shocking was when once I said, I'm going to start this program and I started putting a word out, flyers, road signs. And I went to almost every school in Gwinnett County to ask their permission to use their track. And it was North Gwinnett High School that said, sure, we love to have you. You can come over here and, and, and use our facilities to train. But once that happened and, and more and kids started coming out that first season and we had interest meeting, you know, things like that. I, re I used to hear the, the background talk where people would be like, who is this guy? This is never going to work. No one's into track. No right. one's interested. Because nobody knew me. I wasn't part of the community. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was a dude from yeah. Southern California that moved to Georgia. 
My son wasn't part of the community because he lived in Cobb with his mom, and I would get him every other weekend. So nobody knew me. Uh And all that did was motivate me even more. (laughs) Just to show, like, it was like, okay, I'm going to show you. I'm I'm going to implement this program, and it's probably going to be one of the most, become one of the most successful sports in this area. And I'm going to have the team to drive it. So that was one of my early motivations when I first started the program. That's, that's crazy. But that's, that's how people work, though. How right. People, they have to see it before they believe it. Instead of believing right. it. Now, now I'll tell you this. Watching so it manifest. I started the training program pretty much the same way right. you did, um, coaching my son and then adding on kids, right? And I dealt with a mm-hmm. lot of things that I, I pretty much had conversations with Chaos about. And I'm like, he's like, man, listen, you just got to do it to Coach Andre way. Like, he 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 is zero tolerance when it comes to the people that don't want to be here, people that don't follow what he has planned. It ain't no asking, telling you what we're gonna run and do this. Like this is going through Coach mm-hmm. Andre, right? So how how did you how did you deal with the parents that's new to it or the parents that didn't understand? Okay, well, I want little Ron Ron to one to run the one hundred meter, right? But he may be an eight hundred meter runner. Or this kid right here is not a sprinter. <laughs> but they want them, they want him to be a sprinter. You running the eight hundred. The parents say, "I don't want my kid to do that." Like, how do you how do you deal with? I've heard it. I've heard about it. But I I, I want to hear from you. How do, how do you deal with that type of resistance? Well, first I'm gonna say this, and I ain't trying to get because I don't, I don't go to church. <laughs> I, I can't remember last time I was in church. It was probably for a wedding or something. But first of all, the man right. above gonna move right. people right. out your way who don't need yeah. to be there. Yeah. He just did. Those ain't supposed to be there. They'll be moved out the way. That's one. Two, um, it's about how you you set the standard from the beginning. And if you never set that standard, things are going to go the way how other people would like for them to go and transition. So I'll give you an example. After our first season, our first season, we had 85 kids. Yeah. And we had a, oh, a, a decent season. It was our first year running. 85 kids ran. The community in that North Gwinnett area and some of the surrounding other areas, kids that was running for the program that first year, they could see what was going to happen because we, we were pretty organized. My wife helped me a lot. Um, so when the season was over, I called a meeting with a few key parents and some coaches to say, look, this is what we've done. This is what I have yeah. planned for the following season. I'm, and I'm going to get back to your question. I'm just using it as an example. So in this meeting, I remember we were in the back of a restaurant. We rented a room. We bought food. Mm-hmm. I did a PowerPoint presentation. Then a couple of parents stood up and they said, well, here's what we want to do. We want to create a board and we just want you to coach and we're <laughs> going to run a program. We're going to be the board. And I said, am I, am I allowed to cuss yeah. on here? I'm probably not allowed to cuss on here. I said, to hell you not. Yeah. I said, this, this is my ish. Like, this is my. I'm running this. Ain't going to be no boy. How you it's have the audacity to even stand up and say this to me? Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's going to be me. And that's it. Now, you guys can be part of the program or you can't. But I have a vision and I'm going to drive this thing because I know where I want it to go. You're going to want it to go your, yeah, your, way. your own agenda. 
your way. On the gender, which is usually Yeah. Right. And I'm the one that I don't have a kid that really runs. Mm -hmm. My son is not never really here. So I'm gonna want I'm gonna be the one to make sure that the program stay in place for others to follow and join. You're not. Yeah. 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 I I kid you not. That that was after year one. So it was like I to answer your question, it's about setting the standards. So when I do get questions from parents saying, listen, I want my kid to run a hundred. And with track is I easy too. The, no, the numbers don't lie. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're about to, we're registered for this meet. There's 120 kids running the hundred. You've got 22 kids running the 800. What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. And I learned very early on after our first season, our first track meet was the boys and girls invitational uh, down at Pebble Brook high school. We went down there, we ran and I'll never forget on the car ride coming back. I told my wife, I said, we're not going to be able to compete with these yeah. Atlanta kids running the one and two. We're going to have to, we're going to have to run the four and the eight. <laughs> she was, and she, she didn't run track. She was like, okay. And so year two, I went in and I told the parents, we're going to focus on the four and the 800. We're not going to do no sprint relays. We're going to do four by fours. We're going to run a four to eight. We're going to run a 200. Very few of you will, will run the 100. And that's what we did. And we got strong the way we trained. The kids just got strong. We started competing in the four and the eight. And as those kids got older and stronger, then we started dropping them down in the one and the two because they already had the strength. Now it was just about their speed. And they never lost speed. It, it, I know you, you got the whole fast switch muscles, strength, yeah. all, that, all that stuff. Yeah. They're grown. They're getting stronger. So with that in place, when we started dropping kids and start having them doing sprints and start doing sprint relays, years four and so five. Since, so since, since we're on that topic, right? I know just it's a lot of teams just groups and stuff that people talk about, okay, this may work mm-hmm. or or I, this person's running too much in practice of doing this. My philosophy is the same exact way. I mean, you know, my kids, they run from mm-hmm. eight to four. They'll drop down to the one. They can run a mile. They can do, they got range. They can do it all, right? And one thing that I notice is mm-hmm. in running those 800s and 400s, man, mm-hmm. by the end of the season, man, they are a whole lot stronger, right? So so how do you feel about, I know this is a little bit off topic, right. but since we're on the, on the subject of, of dropping down, so do you feel like a kid that's running a 100, 200, Right, is going to be able to outlast that kid that runs the eight and the four and then drops down come high school time. Do you think it's a, it's, it's an advantage for that person to say, okay, well, I'm going to run the eight, the four, the two, the one, versus someone that says, I'm just going to be a hundred meter sprinter. That's it. So okay, so if I have a kid that's seven years old, and I have them run the four, well, or, or middle school, just school. I'm just saying, like, then like they, they just the they're like, you know, it's a lot of kids that. They don't. They don't want to run the four. They don't want to run the eight. They're gonna stay away from that. They they strictly gonna be one and twos. Is that a disadvantage from what you've right. seen? Right. Versus. Okay. So here's my. So. So here's my thing. When I when I have when I look right. at my team, and let's just take high school out the picture. Let's just say elementary, middle school. 
when I have my team and I'm looking at them kids, I'm saying, okay, I need soldiers. So <laughs> your mom and dad can get out here and run a one and two. But your mom and dad can get out here and run a four and an eight. <laughs> so I need soldiers. I need kids that I know that is not afraid to get out their comfort zone. They're not afraid of work. And once that's established, then you can teach and coach and train them to do anything in any way you want. But if you never establish that, how are you going to have get the success or achieve the goals that you want out of this kid? So Austin Wainwright, he never wanted to run the 400. All he wanted to do was run the one, two. And this dude was fast. One of our first early sprinters. It wasn't until he started running the 400 where he got better in the 100. Uh, it's just see his time starting to drop because he can get he right. can get out, hold, maintain, and finish. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until he started running the four. Um, now, if I have a kid that runs the that came up through the program and they did the four, eight, and sometimes they run a two. When they get to high school, who knows what the high school coach is going to do. Now, if the kids are true, like, like, let's yeah. just take Altavion, for example, we know the boy can yeah. run an eight. We, you staying in eight in high school, you're going to keep running it. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, that's the obvious, but there's some kids as they start to come, as they start to come up through my program, they started seven, eight, nine years old. They start off running the eight and the 400. As they progress, we slowly start to drop them down. Mm -hmm. By the time they got to high school, those kids became sprinters from the one to the four, who we short one leg on the four by eight coach, they step in and run at eight. That's all my kids. Jalen Virgil dropped a 10-2 in one state his junior year. That boy ran the four and the eight. 10, 11, 12 years old, 13 years old. He ran a 47, 400, low 47, and a 21, 200. He ran everything from the one to the eight. His first time running the 800 wasn't until we went to LA for the LA Jets invitation. And I think that was in 2014. That was the first time running the 100. But what happened, we can't take full credit for that. What happened was he hit yeah. puberty. Yeah. He grew. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He got strong. He started lifting weights for football. Yeah. He already had the endurance and the strength. Right. He wasn't slow because he'd been running since he was 10 years old, right? Yeah. yeah. So when he we dropped in that hundred, so, it was like game over. Yeah. Yeah. But see, what I, hey, Coach, what I've noticed with uh, with athletes like Octavian, them that has been running the four and the eight and not mm -hmm. the hundred, is that their mindset is different. So mm -hmm. whenever a coach asks, okay, I need somebody to run the one, and he typically don't run the one, they know that, okay, well, he's going to get out fast. He right. Out away from the competition. Okay, now right. we need somebody on the four-by-four, four, somebody's hurt, or whatever the case may be, just didn't show up. You can throw them in the four-by-four four and know that they're not just going to run it. They're going to get their best. And their best yeah. is typically different than somebody who's only ran the hundred and never completed a whole lap around the track. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I don't, I don't, um, Travis, I'm not big on, this is just okay, yeah, me. So 
<laughs> I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> but hey, give it so, all away, coach. And, and chaos will tell you. So right. let's just say we have a seven, eight-year-old that joins the program. Right. They're probably going to run a one and two their first season. They're getting acclimated to the sport. They're getting acclimated to the whole process of going to a track meet, sitting there, being there all day, practicing three or four days a week. So chances are those kids, we go ahead and put them in the one, two, and we have them run some 400s as well. But when the season's over and me and the staff sit back and we say, okay, we can see little Johnny doing such and such. We're about time they're in eighth grade, about time they're a senior in high school. Right. Here's what we're going to do. Then that's when the planning starts. Mm. And then it's okay. Next season, you're going to run less hundreds. You're going to run more 400s. And you're going to run some 800s. And you're going to run a, a lot of 200s. Mm. So that's that's the next season. Then we say, okay, we got some data. What are we looking like? Now we're in year three. So what are they? Probably a bottom of 11, 12-year-old age group. Let's go ahead and get get some more hundreds in the two and the four. We're gonna leave the eight alone for now. If that you see what I'm saying, about the time they get 13, 14, they're either a specialist in the four eight, two four, or the one two, so and, so or the you... one two four. Now I got a complete athlete. Yeah, that's how, that's what we do with all our kids, and I don't think people realize that people really pay attention. So what our kids have run so, is they so come how up do you, our program. How do you deal with, and I've seen you have a couple kids see. in your program that has went through this. How do you deal with growing pain, growing pains and puberty and and all of that when it comes to elite athletes? What like what what what? Because we don't we don't all seen it happen in the sport. Some kids be elite one year and the next year they going through growing pains or puberty and all that stuff like that. So how do how do you deal with that with your athletes? Well, a couple things. So one, that's why you never want to pigeonhole a kid when they're young, when they're seven, eight, nine, ten years old, telling them they're a sprinter and they're going to run as the one and the two. Yep. Because now you've taken away, once they do hit those growth spurts, now you've taken some things away where there's some other events that they can potentially because, run. Because I've I, I, I seen that in the mom, but I've seen that the up. four yeah. and the eight, you right. can't maintain running that through growth spurts. See what I'm saying? I've seen it. One and two, it's going to be tough. I've seen that. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to be tough. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And then we had to learn that, uh, Travis. So you have to think about this. Um, our program, so like for this season that's coming up, the 16th season, I don't know if you picked up on it, er, the, the theme is out the mud. Because you think about it, Jackrabbit was created. It was cultivated. We didn't break off from another team. We didn't go recruit kids from another team. There was no track and field in our mm-hmm. area. So we're homegrown. We're grassroots. Yeah. So um, all the kids that started running with the program, they started at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, a very young age. We had very few high school high school kids that came out year one, two, three, and four, it was like a track club. I ain't spending my summer running on track. So we didn't bother with the high school kids. So those kids that were part of the program, they grew with the program. When they started complaining about their knees and stuff, mm-hmm. we started to learn about that process ourselves. Yeah, so everybody... We started to, right, we started to learn about, okay, we have to do more strength work. 
Yeah. We, you know, we had to learn because the word was don't stretch because if you stretch and you're a sprinter is bad. But the reality is the kids do need to stretch. Just don't be doing no elongated stretches right before you're about to run a hundred. Yeah. But during the week, throughout the week, when you're training, when yeah. you're done, you do need to recover and stretch. So we had to find all those things out. It, and, and it's the kids that mm-hmm. came through the program. We learned from them. We yeah. learned that process from them about recovery and growing pains and things like that. And then some seasons we would tell kids and tell a parent. At first it was tough because the parents were like, well, last season they was beating yeah. that kid. Well, first of all, we're three years in. And this kid is right. has grown 12 inches and your son has grown six. There's nothing you can do about that. They're just stronger and taller than your son now. Yeah. And you and, and then I think another thing people don't don't get is that right. girls right. are usually faster than boys at six, yeah. seven, you and eight all years the time. old. Yep. They're right. all the time. Oh yeah, that must must definitely yeah. be. So yeah. um So I hope I answered so, your question. So let's yeah. segue into into now. Yeah. Um Wire to wire. When I say that, what comes to mind? Basically, from beginning to end, front to end, it's it, the thing. The thing about the sport of track and field is wire to wire means right. You can't take off. Right. Like you, it, it's a, it's you. You have to complete the mission. Um, you can't take off from training. You can't eat Snickers. <laughs> you have to drink water. You got to take your protein. You got to stretch. You got to do the workouts. You have to manage your body. You have to manage the season. Along with all the mental stuff. You have to be committed. So that's what wire to wire means to me. It's, 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 it's a full spectrum of the sport of track and field. I could take two weeks off and show up at a yeah. football game and you still don't give me the, the football if I'm your star running back. Yeah. yeah. But no. I take two weeks no. off, no training, I can't jump in running on track meet. So 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 you have you have yeah, the Jack Rabbits uh, track club, you have your coach Andre Brand, and then now I brought up wire to wire because that's part of your slogan um for your your new venture that you're launching, uh track wire. So can you kind of just, you know, explain to us, you know, what, what's, what's that about and uh, mm-hmm. the benefits it's going to have for the, the children in track and field or athletes? So, so track, track wire came about one, because um, I'll be winding down Jackrabbit in a few years, next four to five years. So I do want to find something else to do. And I want to stay connected to the sport mm-hmm. and being around mm-hmm. it, uh, coaching, uh, being a head coach for 16 years and having 20 years of coaching experience and then running in high school, I've learned a lot about the sport. Um, and one thing I think is lacking is there's media coverage about the sport, especially on even on the youth level, there's media coverage in a high school level. But I think the the entities that's covering the sport, they haven't been through the grind. And because I've been through the grind and I've seen it, I believe I can pull the information out of athletes, coaches, and I know where to go. I know where to go. Right. I know where the grassroots are at for the sport. 
So what I want to do, I want to promote, highlight what the kids are doing and the things they have to go through to be successful, to compete and get to the level that they're at. And we want to focus on the high school kids um, only because nothing against the younger kids, but there's things are going to change so much for a seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 year old by the time they get to high school. Exactly. So the focus is the kid, kids to promote market, interview them. Um, we have a podcast show and we're going to ask the hard questions. Not so much. Tell me what you ate for breakfast. What is your routine throughout the week? Knowing what you right. had to do coming into this meet this Saturday. A kid can answer that. Tell me what you were thinking in the off season, even though this meet was three months away. Yeah. What was your process as you started the off season with your training? Mentally, what was your mindset and knowing where you had to get, what, what you were going to do to get to from A to Z to this particular meet, this particular event? Um, are you trying to run fast now or are you trying to run at certain meets? If so, how are you managing that? What is your coach telling you? Are you responding to your coach? Like, right. I'm going to interview people almost as if I'm coaching them as well. Yeah. So I think that's what the difference is going to be. So just like helping kids with their social media and stuff like that. Like, where are you at with that? So, so we see the point now where you have to have a social media presence. Right. Um, some kids have done a good job at it, but our kids in particular, I've explained to them, your social media platform, if you want to be a student athlete, you want to compete at the next level, your social media platform, unfortunately, it's not for your friends. Yeah. It's yeah. for your family, coaches. And when you think about it, your social media platform is about you branding for yourself, your name, and right. your future. But you have to understand that. Yeah. So um, I also get them to understand that it's okay to post pictures of you with your new tennis shoes on. But when someone opens up your social media page, your page needs to be able to tell that person a story about who you are as a student athlete, if that's what you want to be. And coach, and coach, you said um, they had, um, you had some kids that had certain accounts that uh, you didn't approve of and you spoke with them. Yeah. So, and then also I, I went through and I found a bunch of my kids that have backup accounts on Instagram, like a different burner, burner accounts. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my thing was, I, I told them flat out. I said, if, if this was on a Saturday, I said, by Monday, if I go back through, you guys haven't deleted these accounts. One, I would never fix my mouth. Talk to a college coach about you. I just won't Two, college coaches look for those backup accounts because yeah. they know they're there. And once they find it, they will not recruit you. Yeah. Right. Three, yeah. you're not going to be a part of this program and you got some backup account with some mess on it. You're, you're not going to be associated with this program. So you guys have until Monday and I'm <laughs> not going to talk to your parents about it because when I go back, I expect to see everybody's account deleted. Yeah. And when Monday rolled around, everybody's account was deleted. That's wild. That's wild. Everybody. But that also goes to show the type of influence you have on these kids, though. Mm -hmm. right. Their parents tell them certain stuff like that, and they don't listen. Right? They, most of the parents don't even know they had a backup account. That's why I wasn't no point of talking to the parents. Right. 
I mean? Right. If if you only knew the stuff I found, like, oh my god. <laughs> so 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 um, because I heard you say about in the next in the next uh five years you're gonna be winding down Jackrabbit. So what's what's the what's the what's your plans for that? You plan it? You have a successor? You have or you want to oh. keep it running or? Just going. If if you're not doing it, it's over with. If I'm not doing it, it's over with. Hmm. It's we're 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 going to leave a legacy and a blueprint. Yeah, and we're going to and and from now until we finish this thing, we're going to be telling our story. Me sitting here talking to you guys is part of telling the story. Right. Um, the the track wire, the podcast portion of it is telling the story. Our first episode I had uh, that we just filmed had Devin Williams, Jaden Patterson, Flash Pearson, and Ethan Irvin. Yeah. Um, those guys are all in high school and between them, they have 10 national titles. Uh, three of them, three of them play football, Flash run track. Uh, Jaden's already committed to North Carolina. Devin's got an offer from every power five school in the country for football. Um, Flash is being recruited right now for track. And then Ethan's got some a couple offers from some smaller D1 schools for football. Nice. And, and it's kind of like one of them things where I can't keep taking kids because I'll never stop. So yeah. we have a pipeline of kids, chaos to tell you. Like Malia Gordon, who won the 100 at club, eight and under. I can't keep taking eight and unders. So I'm going to see her, the Jonay Ellingers out, the Amber Cummings. We're going to see them out. We're going to close this thing, this thing off and leave a legacy and tell our story of what we've done as a program. And those, everyone that was ever a part of the program will have something they can hold on to forever. Yeah. That's what I want. I want a fraternity. There's a lot of, like, I just happened to jump on Facebook. A lot of the kids that, came out to the program early on and they're 23, 24 years old now. Mm -hmm. Felicia Craig, I think it was. She's on Facebook now. She on an old Jackrabbit t-shirt. <laughs> on her on Facebook, she did some video or TikTok or something. I said, Felicia, you still have that t-shirt? She said, Coach, of course. That that alone yep. meant a yeah, lot to me. Nice. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, so, so by the time that them younger kids, um, uh, the, the Janae Elliger and, uh, Malia, Malia Gordon, yeah, Malia Gordon. Mm -hmm. So like, so once they age out pretty much, they're going to be able to go into this, this, uh, track, track wire system as well and be able to get that, that same uh, yes. experience as, right. as a high school is now. Right. And then, um, pretty much, that's pretty much where you're going to be at. Yeah, high school, the high school level going forward. Yes, and um, and, and you, you leave you leaving behind an amazing blueprint. Um, and and and, and I'm gonna tell you myself. I mean, I'm, I'm down in Georgia so much for track. You would think that I live down there, and the reason why I go is because it's competitive. Um, even this year, Mark Trail, I had conversations with you before. Like the this region right here is is really competitive. I know every I know Florida's got amazing track athletes, Texas, but. Georgia and the Carolinas definitely have athletes too, even all the way up to Virginia. So the 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 blueprint that you're setting out that that you're that you're laying down is definitely impacting a lot of track clubs, whether they tell you that or not. It's impacted me. Um, I, I've heard a lot of a lot of your teachings through chaos, 
and I have a, I had a chance to come down to some of your track meets as well, the um, Jack Rabbit Invitational and stuff like that, and kind of you know hear from you yourself and see it, um, how you respected by the kids. I mean, one time you was walking by this planning line and you just had to walk and they just straightened up. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> so like that that, I don't that even impact. Know notice stuff like that, Travis. He probably don't even notice stuff like that be going on. Yeah, but that impact and influence, man, is it, definitely going to be around for generations to come, mm-hmm. and then for them to know that there's you know out. A lot of times when I see youth sports and not even just track, but football and basketball, they're strong youth programs. But after they leave your program and go to high school, that guidance is gone. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Because you got a high school coach that's worried about 100 kids and they can't get that day to day. High school coaches aren't doing things with the kids on the weekends and doing right. all this that yeah. stuff like right. the youth coaches and stuff are. So this is a platform right here to kind of bridge the gap right. from youth to high school uh-huh. and to get them prepared because a lot of people, you know, you have, you know, mental health, anxiety, uh-huh. kids don't want to speak in front of the cameras. Yeah. Uh, you got parents that don't even want to manage social media accounts because it's overwhelming for them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Kids don't but even know. Like they, Travis, they have to. And, and I'm going to say this and I, I, I tell my parents and chaos have told me, get your kid's name, uh, domain, get their name. Yeah. Right. Johnnywalker.com. Yeah. Just do it. It's going to cost you 12 bucks, 19 bucks a year. Just do it. It's yeah. things like that that the parents have to do or they should do. Now, some of them just don't care, then they just don't care. Yeah. But the ones yeah. who you know care, they've got to do those types of things. Like, you you, you, you have no choice. And now James don't mind me sharing this, but when he went to get Kimberly Harris's domain, KimberlyHarris.com, he couldn't get it. So you had to switch it up a little bit. Really? So then he learned real quick, I'm going to get all my girls' domains like right away. We tell crazy. every parent, go ahead, get your domain. That's correct. So, so Coach Andre, you got to, you got to, your track club has a lot of, a lot of stars mm-hmm. in your track program. Um, you have uh, uh, JoJo's kids. Uh, me coming up, I remember seeing them on YouTube. Like that was one of the blueprints for what I want to do with my kid when it came to track and field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, and now his daughter's doing amazing things. You have uh, Badger there. You know, he's doing things. And so, and, you know, with, with film and, you know, he's a real popular right. kid. Kids look up to him. Yeah, her. So, so how, how do you, how do you manage that? And I know you have other parents that say, I want my kid to be that too. Right. And mm-hmm. I know their dads and stuff, they are, they know how to manage that. But as a coach, how do you deal with this, having this, this type of impact and influence in your program? Well, it's like this. Best way I can explain it. So we all sit down at the table. Oatmeal is served. And you can either pick white sugar or brown sugar. Those are the only choices. But everybody's yeah. eating oatmeal. And yeah. chaos will tell you, I don't treat any of the kids different. Yeah. Everybody gets the same work. Everybody gets the same. Like, you, you're not going to come to a jackrabbit practice and see, I'll just use Badger and Jonah as, a, as an example. You're not going to see them off in the corner doing something private with me or yeah, one yeah. of the other. Unless right. something's going on and you know, unless something's wrong and something's going on. And we like have an injury problem. or whatever the case. But yeah. Other than that, I, everybody's lined up. Yeah. Everybody's working. Everybody's working. And then kids like Joe Nay, Badger, the Harrises, Altavion, he knows. Yeah. We also expect them to be leaders I, and I, lead the right way. And coach, and I, when they don't, they hear about it. Chaos to tell you, coach. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was just about to say honestly, 
at our practice is totally different. What I've noticed about, like, I, I coached uh, track in high school. So what I've noticed about the kid that's the star, as long as he's in front, he's doing good. Even though he's not running in practice the times he should be running. But he's just in front of everybody else. The coach not saying nothing to him, yelling at everybody else. I watched mm-hmm. you coach at Jack Rabbit practice, yelling at the kid that's supposed to be the star just because he's not running the time. He's not uh, performing at practice like he's supposed to be performing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's, to- it's a totally different climate. Because he's not, whenever you start to, I guess, expect that person to be in front, but yet you're not paying attention to their progression, then when you get to the right, meeting, you'll start wondering what's going on. What's going on, right. And I don't have that problem. And, and I brought that up because, like I said, I've been around y'all a lot. You know what I'm saying? I've been around y'all a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. The Jack Rabbit Track Club, we go down there and run all the time against y'all and kids down in Georgia. And when I see these kids that done, that done established these foundations and this popularity, like one thing I can say about them is number one, we know they're good, good they're getting good coaching from Jackrabbit, right? But number two is like they work hard. So I, I think, and I brought that up because a lot of people kind of look at it and think like, okay, well, it's just like no, they work hard. Like when I see them warm up, I don't see no division. It looks like one complete unit. And I, I just kind of wanted to, you know, share that with the people out here because, like, when it comes to this track and field, believe it or not, most of the most of the the popular youth athletes they get their name from track and field. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So anywhere, anybody from Blaze to Badger to all of them, they like they they were, you know, the face of track and field. You yeah. know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and then on the football field, you know, it, it pretty much expanded in, in other things as well, right. but. Um, that that's the reason why I brought that up because, like I said, you not only do, did you create that foundation for you track, but you got a lot of people that have major influence within your track program, even from Chaos and his kids and right. all around. Like it's 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 a lot of people wouldn't be able to deal with that, and if you wasn't respected, a lot of them mm-hmm. people wouldn't have been able to stay there with you, right? And yeah. that respect goes 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 a long way. And coach, and, Andre, and, coach Andre, but yeah. I, I think that you uh that's different about your situation. One, a lot of people that's, that's coaching track, they weren't good at track. Like, they became a coach because they're a parent because they just got thrown into the road. Mm-hmm. You and actually right. track. And then, on top of that, a lot of coaches, they don't train. They don't they, they don't know training. They don't know right. the dynamics of the body and recovery. Right. They're a coach. Right. Tell you the X's and O's, and and on the track you're supposed to line up here to get the baton and etc. This is the exchange zone, but they don't know training. Right. So I think that that would separate your program is that the fact that you can one coach your kids, but then turn around and you are also able to train them and know where they're falling apart at. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that chaos, but I'm just gonna be upfront. I appreciate that. Yes, but. Couldn't be where I'm at with the at with the program. One, you the stuff you contribute with to this with as being part of the staff. Appreciate it. And my coaching staff, man. When you think about it, Travis and Coach Chaos, my my the core group of my staff has been together for over, over a decade. Yeah, that's crazy. So we don't even have to say anything. Chaos will tell you, we'll be at the meet, stand in the middle of the field, somebody be running. We'll, we'll have to talk to each other. Am I right, Coach? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we all thinking the same thing. Yeah. And we show up that Monday, Tuesday for practice. We we already all on the same page. Yeah. So I think that's probably been my biggest blessing is having men and women that bought into the program. And I have coaches that on staff and their kids don't even run, Travis. My kids don't even run. They're committed to the program and the sport. So I think that's a huge part of it. And when I'm slipping and I do something dumb, they let me know. <laughs> they, they don't go back. They don't bite their tongue. So would you but say they I allow me to lead at the same time. Like, they allow me to lead at the same time. We show up to practice. I say, okay, here's what we're going to do today. Cool. Well, what about this? Okay, yeah, you're probably right. We should we should probably do that also. But they allow me to lead. And that's what has allowed, that's one of the biggest components that have allowed my program to be successful. Because without that, you have to think about it. Having that many kids and the way the program runs, it just wouldn't be possible. Yeah. <clears throat> it just wouldn't. Um, so, you know, I appreciate you saying that, but I, I take where I give myself one of my strong points is I manage the season and then I also manage the program looking in a five to eight year window. That's how I've always managed and run my program. I didn't run my program like, okay, I'm getting this, this, and this, and I'm getting this now. No. And three to five years, this is what I'm going to see. And five to eight years, this is what I want to see. And that's how I ran my program. That's how I've managed the program. Yeah. The program is ran at a certain pace. It's not ran at anybody else's pace. It's ran at a pace like an airplane. When it takes off and it's flying, mm-hmm. you got to be at 30,000 feet. You can't be at 20,000. You can't be at 60,000, right? Yeah. You got to be at 30,000 and you got to fly. And that's how I run the program. So, so let me let me ask you a question. So, I noticed um, this from the outside looking in. I had people uh-huh. ask this before, but nobody probably really knows except for y'all internally. So, um, when you sign your kids up, you have what Jack Rabbit Track Club and Jack Rabbit Track, or it's like two different things. Like, do you have like that, a like advanced, or you have like a beginners? Like, how did how do you do that? Okay, that was only um, last season. No, the season. Okay. Was that last season or season before? Was that season. was last season. We season was the season the season before. Season you before. gotta remember, we was coming off of COVID. Right. And yeah. a lot of kids wanted to do track because a lot of the other sports they left because of COVID. Yeah. So we had right. so many kids, I just created an A and a B team. That's the only season I ever <laughs> done did that. <clears throat> We didn't do it any other season. That's the only season where we did that. It was because it was just so many kids. That was in 2022. That was, you know, we were coming out of COVID. COVID was still, you know, that's the reason why we did that. There was no way. How do I I reach out to to you and your track wire staff to get my my kid that exposure and that experience through uh, what you all have going on with the track wire? Well, first, you you can hit me up through social media. First, my phone number's everywhere. Right. <laughs> it's on all the social media platforms. I get all kinds of calls. That's one. Two, 
my social media is my full name, Andre Dot, then my last name, El Gunny. Um, that's my um, Facebook and that's my Instagram. Just message me, message the Trackwire. It's Trackwire uh, Media on Instagram. And we're trying to go out and it's, it's early now because we're, we're in the all season slash indoor season. I'll be going down to Macon, and I'm drawing a blank, the Georgia Blaze herder, uh, Coach Brooks' daughter. I'm going to interview her in two weeks. Um, okay. We're looking for some high school athletes to go out to interview and talk with them while we're also setting up some of these podcasts. And also we're tracking and keeping up with everyone with their visits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll, as they announce commitments, we'll announce commitments with them. Um we're going to start, there's a, a coaches clinic coming up in a couple weeks. So we're going to go and cover that, but we're going to get behind the scenes of the coaches clinic. We're not going to just have people come up and ask them, ask some silly questions like, you know, what are your five favorite things about track and field? We want to know what about the sport, where the sport is today, where do you think it's going to be? How are you contributing to the sport? And what are you doing to make others better in the sport? Things like that. Those are the type of questions we want to ask. Um, but we are looking for some high school track and field athletes to interview to see what they're doing in the off season and what their plans are for indoor season and what their goals are for their high school track season as well. So um, also, what, 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 is your, what is your plans as far as the Jackrabbit Invitationals? Are you going to continue to still do those? Are you going to do it with Coach uh, Miami still or – you're going to do two separate ones or what's your plans for this upcoming season um, for that? So uh, the Jackrabbit Sapphire meet will be going on. Uh, we're, this is our 10th season. So it's our 10 year anniversary for that meet along uh, with coach Monica, uh, the Georgia classic, myself and coach Miami. We're still going to do that meet um, in the summer. And then this spring we'll be doing the champions United like we did last spring. And then my plan is once I wind down, the, the, the club, um, Jackrabbit, I still want to be, I still want to do meets. I'll probably have an annual invitational, yeah. just yeah. one big invitational. I got you. When I say big, big, <laughs> not yeah. huge. So <laughs> I'm working on that now. That's something that's going to take place three to five years from now. That's just how I work and think. Yeah. Okay. Have you have you have you ever considered doing any indoor meets? Or are you just strictly outdoor with Jackrabbit when it comes to hosting meets? I got no indoor. I wouldn't want. I really don't want to host indoor meets. I've had a couple of people talk to me about doing something at the Crossplex in Birmingham, but I want to keep the off season what it is. I my focus is the high school kids, making sure that they're ready for their their outdoor track and field season. The all season. You got to think about if you're if you're a high school student athlete and you run high school track the most important part of your of your high school career when it comes throughout that season is the off season because that's where you're going to get your strength your flexibility all your technical work once you get with your high school team your high school coach you're just going to be running the meets yeah you're going to be running the meets you're going to run on every relay possible they're going to be throwing you in a long jump. Whatever they think you can do, they're going to throw you in those events. Um, you're going to be running two meets a week. You're going to be running the meets middle of the week. I'm not going to say it's a mess, but it's just going to be a lot going on. And it's not as much training, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
So, so, so now, now we're on the, the high school topic of it. <clears throat> you have there's a kid practices, that's been... There's practices, but there's not as much training. No. So so how, how do you feel about high school kids that been with been with your track club since they were young? They're coming all the way up. They've been trained this certain way. They're successful in what they're doing. And they get to high school, and the high school coach goes against completely what they know. Like, what, 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 as a parent, how do you handle that? How do you, yeah, how do you deal with that for your child? So, I get asked all the time, kids that just say, Can we not run high school and just run with the <laughs> club? My answer to them is, No, you got to compete with your high school team. Um, one, you got to find a way to uh, be a leader, but don't waste your energy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to find the right energy, be a leader. That's one. Two, if you can sit down with your high school coach and explain and talk to your high school coach about your goals and say, coach, can you help me obtain these goals? And that coach says to you, yes, we can help you with that. Let's do it. Then that's the coach in the program for you. If the coach is against any person that's in management, coach, president, CEO, you as a member of that organization, if you come to them and talk to them about your goals that you want to achieve mm-hmm. and they can't support you in that, then you don't need to be in that organization or program. Because I, I saw an article last year, I think Chaos sent it to me, and it was this, it was this girl that's, that's ran track of being successful in youth, and then her coach pretty much like, what I'm seeing is you have some high school coaches like, okay, well, you're an amazing athlete, but I'm purposely going to go against the grain to prove that I can coach you too. And yeah, I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. I see it. I see it a lot. I I I, I see it all the time. Um, but as club coaches, we can't get in a tit for tat with high school coaches. We can't get in mm-hmm. arguments with them because what's going to happen now? You're putting a kid in a predicament. Yeah. So chaos to tell you, I really do take a step back. And I try and find ways, like here's a perfect example. <clears throat> GHSA here in the state of Georgia, high school track practice officially starts January the 8th. That's the earliest day that you can start practice. The earliest day you can run in the meet is February 5th, I believe. I just went to the GHSA website, downloaded that, and sent it to my parents. This is when you show up for high school track practice, January 8th. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it officially starts. They right. can't hold nothing else against you if you don't if you don't show up any earlier for any type of off-season that they have. Um, that's what I do. Now, some schools I have a great relationship with. And we're on the same page. But that's that's just one one of the examples. And also, if someone qualifies for New Balance Outdoor Nationals, mm-hmm. I tell them, the parent, you have to let your high school coach know that you've qualified for New Balance, a Nike, Adidas, we're going to do New Balance, and you and you plan on running in that meet and give them the dates. Mm-hmm. If they say to you, well, we have a track meet that weekend, That's probably not the coach of the program for you. Yeah. <laughs> now, if it's not county or 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 a championship tournament meet, if it's just some reg a regular meet, 
Yeah. Why would you hold this student athlete back from running on one of the biggest stages in their high school career? Right. That's going to help them potentially get them a college scholarship. Why would you do that? So, so all all this information and stuff like this, like through the track wire, you, you, so you pretty much gonna be working with the parents and the kids to kind of get them through circumstances like that, and just giving the blueprint yeah. what, what high school to pick, like when you're going, and just to kind of get a feel to make sure in a good situation going into high school as well. I will. So we will be working with eighth graders. Um, it'll basically be eighth grade freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors, but also Travis. I'm going to do my best to better relationships with high school coaches as well. Right. So I'll be going around to some high school practices and talking to some high school coaches and interviewing some high school coaches. Everybody's got egos and I don't want to get off track, but there's times where I show up and I can just tell by the way people looking at me, they like, you know, this, dude, I could do what he do. Well, the reality is you can't. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Because 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 I stood on the corner too long. Yeah. I was on the corner 4 a.m. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? I was yeah. on the corner 4 a.m. And I was grinding and I was putting in that work. And I just know you didn't outwork me. And yeah. and I'm consistent about what what I do. And if you are better than me, great. Then teach and show me something because I want to learn also. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, Coach Andre, we appreciate you for sitting down and you know sharing some of your uh, your jewels with us, <laughs> and uh, you know the, the, some some of the behind the scenes and uh, information. A lot of people, some of, some people didn't know, um, and they know now. Uh, your accolades. Um, we're, we're excited about the track wire, and um, um, me me personally looking forward to you know the, the Jack Rabbit uh, track meets and. Your partnerships with you know the likes of like Coach Miami and um, and the high school connections and stuff like that um, and and you know any way we can help you and you know we're, we're here for you we support you one hundred percent we know you support us um, and you know we definitely appreciate what you've done for the sport of track and field and uh, we look forward to uh, you expanding that with the youth in uh, high school and beyond. Okay, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Okay, take All care. Right. You have a good one. Okay. All right.